What's going on, world? What's going on, world? Welcome to Grumpy Old Vets Podcast, episode four. We're in here. We're in here. We're in here. You know, we we've lasted four episodes. They haven't kicked us off yet. So no, I and you haven't, and nobody's quit. They were killing it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the greatest thing that nobody's quit. So one of us could be up here by ourselves and trying to figure things out, or trying to find guests and everything like well, that. Well, in your defense, you have done that a couple of times because I, I bailed out on you. Know, my internet did. Well, you, you had you had that Boost Mobile, but if you don't get if you just don't get Boost Mobile uh, internet, but you're back, you're good. You know, you got fiber, so you good. I've always had fiber, man. I've always had fiber. <laughs> That's what you say, but <laughs> the last episode you left for a minute talking about some uh, power outage. I had a power and outage, and dude. And then before that, you wasn't the first episode. You actually wasn't even on, so you know I did the whole show by myself. So. You yeah, you killed it though. You did a good job. I was proud of you. That's my test to see if you could do it. You did it. Good yeah, job. Yeah, don't do that again. I don't want to be tested. Don't do that again. I don't know. <laughs> that was that was I was like, okay, usually he has like the great questions. So I'm go ahead, I'll just let him talk. I might pop in there every day now and then, say a couple of things or whatever like that. But you made me talk the whole time. Dude, I was like, what you is killed going it, bro? On? I now, like, this is the episode two times, times, dude. You killed it, man. <laughs> I had to intro the last person. I was like, dude, I don't, even, I don't, I'm not the intro person. I don't do intro. Dude, You're the intro you person. Killed it. So killed it. Keep it you up. have to be here. Bravo, Bravo Zulu. <laughs> so how was how was your week, man? It's good, man. You know, still working that civilian gig. I like it. Good times. I get paid for overtime. It's good stuff. Uh, been doing a lot of overtime, like around sixty hours a week. Oh wow! So not overtime, sixty hours total. So twenty. Oh, hours I was about to say sixty hours of overtime. That's not. Nah, overtime. nah. But it's been busy, man. We're doing this big job on this resort, and uh, dude, it's. I get to see, man. This is bougie shit, dude. They're bougie. <laughs> this place is bougie. You talk about towel warmers and shit. I mean, bougie. So, but uh, I get to. You should get be to used see. to that. Y'all have that money. You you you're hitting on 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 E eight retirement pay. No, this is this is like. And this you is like. This is like four-star admiral retirement shit with a job. This is not senior chief retirement shit with a job. But your wife's this a is- chief, make, active duty, making money. Don't act like you don't have money. Look at the back of Look at your little podcast thing in the back. Uh, E-14. You have I don't a have room. A I, don't want to sh- I don't want to show you up. Then you have a room that you just do podcasting. Who buys a house just and gets a room? That- well, it's a bedroom, bro. I, don't, I didn't need it. Okay. It's not like I, I designed it to have a podcast room. That would be really cool. Maybe no, my next bought, house. When you bought that house, when you when y'all moved, you y'all were looking for a house. You was like, hey, we need a room for podcast. That's what you said. Yeah, we did. We did. You're right. Boom. True. True. You're right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. But hey, it works out. It's very small though, Jay. It's very small. It look, it's bigger than it. It's, it looks big on camera, but it's actually pretty small. I can't believe I'm living in these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> a man of my stature 
you, you had because when you was in New Orleans, you had a whole section. Like you took over like the the living room or something or the the. Well, yeah, we home. had like we had this big ass house on the lake, dude. Right it was nice. on, on the and lake. Who has a house on the lake? Rich people. Rich people have houses on the lake. Dude, I don't have a house on the lake. Okay, touche. But we had <laughs> we had this we had this big area of the living room that we didn't use for anything. We had a piano there at one time. You know, we we decorated like a gentleman's parlor, you know, but we made it our podcast room and it worked out good. But here it's cool because it's closed off. I don't have to wrap up the cables every time I'm done. Oh, so you, you know what I mean? I can I just leave it out, bro. Let it fly, baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So what are you what are you drinking on over there? Because you definitely sipping All right. pretty All right. I'm drinking on my buddies. Uh he's an E8 in the Marine Corps. We'll Will Malley made this. It's his whiskey. It's called Bullet uh, Blue Bolt, a single barrel proof single barrel bourbon whiskey. This is actually 247 in honor of the Marine Corps uh, birthday a couple years ago. He made that and he sent me a couple bottles. Uh, I need to get one of those. It's good. It's actually really good, man. He he, he got in cahoots with a local distillery in the area of uh, South Louisiana, Southeast. Actually, he went to Mississippi, which is right across right. the border, and uh, did it with those guys. And uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. It's good stuff. He's actually getting like specs, right? It's a big liquor chain in Texas. Uh, and he's actually, at the last time I talked to him, he was getting a deal with them to sell his shit there. Oh, wow. Be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy as you, I just got some Ciroc. So I just mis mixed regular Ciroc with some peach Ciroc. And then I have, you know, I ha I'm not a straight drinker, chaser. I have any chaser in mind. So I'm not. You're an NC, though. You, I don't expect you. Oh wow! To recruiters to do that shit. Oh wow! I'm just, I'm just, just <laughs> teasing. I'm teasing. Our guest was a recruit. I didn't know that until today. That our guest was a recruiter before. I didn't know that until today. I saw something. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I was." A, I was like, "Really, a recruiter? What was? What the hell did that happen?" <laughs> I, I didn't really. Actually, I did not know what she did in the Air Force. At oh, all. Our guest. She was a recruiter. She was a recruiter. Oh wow! Like so. I I'm I not know gonna what... say it. I, I'm about to say something. <laughs> I ain't gonna say it, dude. <laughs> well, I ain't gonna mess with his keys. His keys are messing me up. No, so we need to get our guest on because we do need it. to get her in here. So, you know, it's your part. You know, you are the Let's do it. Yeah, today we got with us. We just found out Miss Keys, a Air Force recruiter, retired Air Force vet. She does a lot of speaking. A lot of supporting all over freaking Instagram. Let's let's welcome Miss Keys to the show, Jay. Miss Keys, hey. how's it going? <laughs> What's going on? See, y'all heard that? See, I, we got some new stuff on here just for you. I went and got a mixer and everything. We got applause. <laughs> Look at that. Jay's all fancy. So I'm all fancy now. Fancy, yeah. So hey, you, thank you have three three podcasts, so you know you guys do something. Miss Keys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy lady. Uh, please tell everybody about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Miss Keys on Instagram. Uh, I served 20 years in the Air Force, did 10 years as a cop, and then 10 years as a recruiter. So been around <laughs> the world and decided to retire 2022. And uh, right now, I just currently um, advocate for you know sexual assault with children and with uh, the military. So I'm out there in those streets. <laughs> in those streets. streets. In you those hit streets. them as a recruiter. Now you're hitting them as a sexual assault advocate. You're yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Got a question, though. Got a question. So 
when I was a young, young redneck in South, you know, Central Louisiana, I had dreams <laughs> of becoming a killer, right? Join the military. I got a 90 on my ASVAB. I went to the Air Force. They turned me down. A 90 on my ASVAB. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we didn't need anybody that time. So, I mean, because <laughs> we don't really have to work. I get the pick and choose. In the Navy, we don't get the pick and choose. If you come into the office, you want to join, I'm making sure you get in there that day. With the Air Force, five, five on the ass back. Uh, I'm, 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 hey, I'm, I'm trying to get you in right now. I'm just trying to get you in. Like We can study. We can do some studying so we can get you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably needed so, you as a mechanic. That's all we need at the time. Aircraft yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what the uh, Marines told me. I told them, you know, keep that shit. They can have that. But uh, so tell us about your I, I did now I just found out you were a recruiter your last 10 years in the in the Air Force. Your mm -hmm. your first 10 years, you were you're a cop, you're an MP, military police, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, military so police. what got you into that line of work? Oh, the recruiter lied to me and told me I was gonna be <laughs> medical. <laughs> oh so man. the recruiter was like, Hey, you're gonna be medical. I said, Okay, cool. Went to basic training in the open contract and then found oh. out I was a gonna be a cop. And they said, Hey, um, you they said my last name is you over here on the cop side. So recruiters mm -hmm. we like to lie to get you in, but that's how it happened. Well at least <laughs> they lied to you. At yeah. least they lied to you. They wouldn't even talk to me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> But so, how'd you like that? Where, where'd you do your, uh, where were you stationed at in those times as an MP? Um, so, I was stationed, first tour was uh, Tucson, Arizona. Then I deployed to um, Dubai, which is right, really, deployment, UAE. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, I went to uh, Korea for a little bit. And then I went to, um, man, Tinker, Tinker Air Force Base in Germany. Yeah. So, I went, uh -huh. I went to a few places, yeah. So what did, what got you into like how'd you, you decided I'm tired of this crap I, I want to do something else or did you, you do it for a while you do a tour as a recruiter and liked it how did it work So how it worked is um I wanted to do something different I was tired of being a cop and I was tired of the stuff that we were doing and I was like I just want to try something different and one of the guys who was working with me basically told me that I wasn't going to be a recruiter because I looked into it and I asked him about it. And he was like, "Oh, you're going to be a crappy recruiter because I was very I was an introvert." So um, which you can't tell now, crazy as hell, but, <laughs> right, but, <nice>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So, um, I, he basically told me I was going to be a recruiter. So I just did it to prove him wrong and did it and enjoyed it. Continued doing it. Did great. I mean, we had number one, the nation, you know, we were killing yeah. it in our MEP. So we were, we were doing a lot. So did that for 10 years and did great. That's awesome. Yeah. So my wife's a recruiter, uh, oh, nice. in the Navy and it, she was the same thing. She was an air traffic controller first. She got out, joined the reserves, and came back in as a recruiter. And when she told me about recruiter, I, I was kind of like, "Well, you're kind." She's kind of an introvert. Jamie's she's an very, introvert. As, yeah. At first, she's a big time introvert, very oh, wow. quiet. Everybody liked her; she was <laughs> likable, but she was quiet. As soon as she, well, I'd watch her in action as a recruiter. She, these kids love her, and I was like, "Wow, that, that's just like it's crazy what people can do when they want to do it." Yeah, introverts make the best recruiter. I, for some reason, it seems like it because we know how to turn it on and turn it off. So, I think so because, like, my brother, right, is an introvert, but when he's talked, people listen. Mm -hmm. I think it's that thing you, just because you don't say a lot, what you say is important, right? I think that has a lot to lot to do with it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I can't say that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't agree with y'all. I can't. I can't. I, I've had some introvert recruiters, and I just be like, if you just send you back to the fleet because I swear <laughs> I cannot deal with you. I need to send you back to the fleet. This is not working out at all. So I guess it's certain introverts 
<laughs> Let's yeah. just say it like that. It's certain introverts that are good at it, but it's certain introverts that shouldn't be recruiting at all. They need to be doing what they was doing and That's true. leave Some it at level. that. It's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so <clears throat> I know, I, I know your story. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know, but we were both part of a organization together. We were both part of uh, MFN together. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, oh, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my wife, my wife was part of it too. Yeah, yeah. We, we were the podcast. We were we were first the Scott yeah. Savage Squad, and they turned us into MFN podcast. We were we were the leaders of the podcast until yeah. some things happened, and we left that organization. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can see the look on your face <laughs> about that organization. Like I said, I, we're open here. We talk about everything. It's nothing that's that's not uh, it's nothing that's off limits. We talk about everything. Things happen in, in certain places. If people get talked about, people get talked about. If their feelings get hurt. Their feelings get hurt. It is what it is. I'm retired now, so I really don't even care about hurting anybody. So I'm, I'm nosy as hell. I'm nosy as hell. Why did you quit MFN? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm cutting the chase. Jay, Jay, does he know why you quit? Oh, he knows why I quit. He's asking why you quit. He's asking why know, you quit. He, I, he knows quit. why I quit. He quit the same reason my wife quit. I know. So <laughs> they screwed us over on the podcast. They brought us over, told us we were going to be part of the podcast. They want us to do the same way that we did it. And then they took over and, and tried to give us a script. We weren't in a scripted mm. podcast. We already told them that from the jump, that we were not a scripted podcast. It's like this. We're not scripted. We don't have anything written out to ask questions. We come from the top of the head, and they gave us a script, and we was like, "No." I let the alcohol flow through me and let me do the talking. <laughs> it, it guides me. Yeah, God. it was a weird situation. Um, I just they were not supportive. I wasn't getting. I, they weren't talking to me. I had questions. It was unorganized. It was just a lot that was going on. So, um, it wasn't. I just it wasn't the fact that I quit it just kind of like, we just didn't talk anymore, if that makes sense. And uh, I was going through things mentally and it was like, Hey, you know, you, if you support us, we need you here. You're a part of our team. We need you to, you know, do what we tell you to do. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no man, like I'm, I'm going through some stuff. I'm transitioning from the military. Like, can y'all help me understand? Can y'all talk to me about what it's like to transition? Because there are a lot of them are veterans in transition, but nobody talked to me and I reached out for help mentally. I was like suicidal and nobody came through. Nobody answered me. Nobody said anything. So I just said, you know what? This is not the team that y'all said y'all were. This is, I can't do this anymore. Can't fake the funk. So I left. Yep. As long as we selling their they shirts and uh, making sure their merchandise is, is hidden. That's all they really cared about though. Correct. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good on that one. So, yeah. yeah no, that, that's, they should have, especially all the vets there. They should have been able to help you out a little bit on on the mental mental health part of it. Yeah, at least, at least yeah. give you a, a shoulder to cry on, or or some words of wisdom or something yeah. that would have helped you out. Because you know what, as vets, we can't just go to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there and find out what's it like. Because you know, there's a select few that retire, mm -hmm. right? Or yeah. there's a select few that join and get out. Much less do the twenty or plus twenty plus and, and retire. You know, so they could have really. It wouldn't have killed them to, to lend out a helping hand, but at least you, you know, at least you saw the true colors were able to get out before it got too, yeah. too more, more time invested into that. But yeah. yeah. For you. And then getting so, yelled in for selling shirts. That's another thing with Jay said, like, man, you had uh, to sell a shirt yes. to get something. So yeah. Yeah. Like, right. It's like, it's like recruiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I told him, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a recruiter all day. I do not want to be at night selling your shirts for you and your hats and all this other stuff. So I'm, 
It was like, go get this and put these on cars out. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's just, that's not happening. So, yeah. hell no. <clears throat> so, yeah. but like I said, we was in that, we was in an organization together. And I, I, that's how we, that's, that's why we're friends on Instagram. Because okay. we was in an organization together. And, and you know, you get in that organization together, you hit up everybody and you become their friends. So I saw your story and I was like, okay, because I'm big on mental health. And so I saw your story and everything like that. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed up with you and all that stuff like that. And when we, when I saw that you retired and I, we got this show, we got a couple of people on. I was like, okay, let me see if she'll come on. And you said, yes. Yeah. So I was like, all right, bet. So I want people to, I want people to hear your story because you yeah, do definitely. have a good, a, a great story and overcome, overcoming those things that you had done to you while you was why before you went into the military and then when you went into the military so um once you just to tell everybody your story yeah uh miss keys before you get into it just to let you know jay hit me up we were done we just got done with really the last really show. what are we doing here what are we doing here what are we doing here he, he, i'm just saying you were a, he, you were a big fan did we not did we not did we not talk about this before we she got on the show <laughs> Sorry, damn Did we bourbon. not talk about this? You, yeah, that bourbon. You need to lay off the bourbon. Some water. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, uh, Miss Keys. Carrie, uh, what? Tell us about your struggles before, and you talked about already talked about your mental health struggles as you were uh, transitioning. Please carry on. Yeah. So, um, what started was uh, basically uh, when I was six, my first um, sexual assault happened with by a family member. And um, it, it was something that continued happening by another family member. So I went through a lot, um, you know, during that time period, didn't understand what sexual assault was, but knew that I didn't like it. And it was something that was that was continue happening to me. Um, when I got about age 13, that's when I went and told my family about the sexual assault. And I actually met a friend who was sexual assault by her father and she ended up committing suicide um, at 13. So. This one, when I told my family, I'm like, hey, my friend committed suicide. They're like, oh, no, you know, we don't do that. Nobody does that, you know. So um, it messed me up because I was like, man, I'm thinking about this, too, because of what I went through. And so um, it, it put me in depressed state. And we didn't really talk about depression in my household. So the best thing I could do was I started drinking at 16, you know, um, start smoking weed, start using ecstasy, start, look, trying everything you could think of. Like I was trying it just to get over that pain. And so uh, one day um, a cop pulled me over and he was like, and I was high and I was with friends. And he said, uh, I, I see something in you. What's your plan? I said, I'm going to the military because I just had signed up and I didn't tell anybody, um, which was weird too. And so I said, I'm leaving to go to the military. And he said, okay, um, get in your car and go. And I'm like, what? I'm stoned, but I sobered up quick. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I sobered up quick. I was like, and I went home and then I, I never looked back. And um, so I joined the military and it was kind of get, get away from that. And going to the military, I was still struggling with things, but never talked about it. And as soon as I got into the military, within less than six months, I was sexually assaulted again. I was at my duty station only 30 days, less than 30 days, I was sexually assaulted. Uh, by a first sergeant. So I'm like, an E1 and an E7 is touching on you. What do you do? You know, so um, that shame came back. And so it, it led me to start drinking again. Now, understand, I'm a cop at the time. I'm at the gate drunk as hell with the gun in my hand, you know, oh, wow. because yeah. I couldn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. So um, went to Korea, got sexually assaulted again and just continued drinking and just, and just was partying. And for a while, I blame myself um, for it because I was, you know, like, OK, you're drinking, you're hanging around people probably deserved it, you know, or maybe you said something that triggered them to, you know, take you, you know, whatever. So 
um, in 2009, I got a phone call. And so I was drinking this whole time. So it's like seven years of alcoholism, not going to lie to you. Right. In uh, 2009, I was like, okay, something, something has to give. Like I'm at the point I can't drink anymore. I started seeing that my, you know, medically I was, it was, I was going downhill. Um, and so um, 2009, I got a phone call saying, hey, your sister has been raped and murdered. And when I heard that, I was wow. like, okay, boom, I can't do this anymore. Um, I took a gun to my head, a 45 to my head and put it up to my temple. And as soon as I, uh, well, I was trying to pull the trigger and um, the guy was dead at the time, jumped on me and took the gun away. So that was my first attempt in 2009. So it was uh, crazy to me. And I told myself like after I mentally recovered from that, I was like, I'm going to share my story and make sure this doesn't happen to anybody wow. else. Wow, Miss um, Keys, real quick yeah. question though. You think if your boyfriend at the time wouldn't have stopped you, you think you would have pulled the trigger? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because my hand was my finger was right there. And I was that squeeze, it, it was right there. It, it don't take a lot of it don't take a lot of power to pull a at all. At wow. all. And and what's so weird, he caught like I was doing I was around the corner from him. So I didn't think he would hear me. I didn't even know he was right there. And he just jumped on me right in time. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? And so anyway, I, I sought help after that. I saw it outside the military because if in the military, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to yeah, take back, my gun especially away. back in those days. Yeah. They're going to take oh, my man. gun away. I'm going to have to pick up trash outside. Uh, they're going to kick me out. So I said, okay, forget it. And I'm you'll gonna... never promote. You'll never, never promote. promote. Never promote. Yeah. As yeah. a cop, you would never promote. You can't do your job. Correct. And I was at that time, I was an E4 had put on, well, just had put on E5. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I kind of kept it quiet. Um, somebody, well, a good friend of mine who's my friend now, he's an E7. He saw me and talked to me and said, look, go get help, but don't do it in the military. So I sought help outside and then I became a recruiter and didn't tell my story as a recruiter because at first they asked, do you have any issues that's going to mm -hmm. prevent you? And I'm like, Lon, like, no, I love life. It's Hell great. Hell no, it's the yeah. best thing to slice bread. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> I see why you got out of the, the MP game because you saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. That was smart. That was being very aware. I'm impressed. That was as a yeah. young, young uh, Air Force uh airman, you you saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. The chains pass. Yeah. And as a cop, I mean, you see so many people, you see sexual assaults and then you see, you know, murder suicides at that time. on Domestic the violence is like daily yeah. over yeah. there. I did, I did that work. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. There was always something going on. on base yeah. House. Yeah. And it does, it does something to you when you're dealing with that too, mentally. It's, so I was like, I, there has to be something better for me. And then I felt like when I became a recruiter, I got my voice and I was able to speak up about things and I was able to help others and, you know, recruit the people in the best branches of the Air Force, you know, so. <laughs> uh, they would have been if they would have enlisted me. <laughs> well, Space Force is number one right now, so. <laughs> uh, Space Force? I don't know anybody in the damn Space Force. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they recruited from the Air Force. You probably would, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's Actually, where I'm here now, yeah. I consider the Space Force. Really? Because they were looking for Navy ETs and ITs to jump over. And I figured, you know, I was an E8. I figured, look, maybe maybe they'll promote me to E9 when I cross over, you know, as a. They would. You know, but I, you know, I was I was ready. To, I was probably, I was getting ready to retire. I was like, screw it, I'm ready to go. And I, mean, I, I was probably at, at year 22. Now we need people now, so they may hire. I mean, they may sign you up. We need some people, so never he's, too old. He's getting that uh, that hundred percent disability. And yeah, he saw that, that, that first. That up. He saw that first retirement check and that first hundred percent disability. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. 
Yeah, that hundred percent. I love it. I was like, yes. Oh, that's, so <laughs> when when did you retire? So I retired February twenty twenty two. Oh, you so, retired before me then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're very recently retired, like barely a year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was weird, man. After, you know, being a recruiter, but you know what, being in recruiting kind of helped me for that because it's like you're in the corporate world anyway. So I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you walk around, you're networking, you're meeting people. So yeah. it, uh, it helped me some, but uh, yeah, I had to let it go. And I was actually up for a BE8. I could have been an E8 and I just said, no, I'd rather do BE7 and just get out. So, so you could have, if you'd, if you'd have taken, re-enlisted, you would have made E8. Yep. Yep, they had called E9s and stuff, have sat down with me, and they're like, hey, you know, or do you want to take this stripe? We're going to give you this stripe. Are you ready for it? And I was like, yeah, of course. And I thought about it. Yeah. this. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> e8 is the same thing as E7, except a little more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, and you always you always have an E7 to blame. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, all the drama and stuff I was seeing, I had to go. Yeah. It was just, it was yeah. time for me to go. It was too much. It was too much. I couldn't deal with it anymore. You, you talked about your story and you talked about how, um, you know, talking about your friend that unfortunately committed suicide when she was 13. Mm -hmm. And then how you told your mom that your friend committed suicide. She goes, oh, we don't do that. Where are you from? Oh, good old Texas. Okay. <laughs> so I knew you were from the South. <laughs> what, what part? So I'm from Garland, so a little bit outside oh, yeah. of Dallas. Yeah. I know where Garland is. I actually bought a car in Garland once. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly I'm gonna, I'm gonna, on the outskirts. Yeah, so yeah, I'm out there, yeah. little so that's, Texas. That's country living, and that's yeah. something we didn't talk about. I don't know. You're you're not much younger than I am. I'm sure. So you know, it was no, 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 no don't, 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 don't do that, Heath. Don't, I retired. Don't do that. Okay, don't do so that. We're in the same generation. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, All okay. right, so nobody's so, in your generation, Heath. You're old, okay? You're <laughs> old. Just let it go. I'm like a year older than him. No, you're two years older. We already had this. Uh, All right, so. but but I'm getting back to the South, especially <laughs> even even North Texas, the South, right? And that mm -hmm. that, that that way of thinking. We don't yeah. show weakness. You don't think about killing suicide. You go to church on Sunday. Yeah, everything's great. No matter how you're feeling, you suck it up. But you can't suck it up for so long because. Mm -hmm it's going to overflow. Right. Let's talk yeah. about some of those issues you had retiring. What, what was going through your mind? Man. So, you know, I did the skill bridge and everybody saw my skill bridge. And so I yeah. did the skill bridge, but prior to that, I didn't know anything. So I didn't know, you know, about really resumes. I didn't know about interview tips. I didn't know about um, how to stop saying we and how to say I, you know, that's the thing right. we're a team right. and, Right. When you when you are a recruiter, I'm a corporate recruiter now, too. So now I see everything. But um, it's just those things I didn't know. I didn't know you had to go get your insurance, your own life insurance. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't know about any of that medical insurance. Um, I didn't know how expensive it was going to be um, outside of TRICARE. You know, there's other things, you, you know, so I didn't know about that. And uh, it kind of like I thought I was prepared for it after Scalebridge, but it just kind of took me by surprise. The emotions of it was like, I'm not leading people. I don't have that that team, that family, you know, that camaraderie that we have in the military. Um, and when I left, it was like none of my teammates, anybody reached out to me. So um, I was like, well, you're just cool with me because I can help you promote or pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You see your, so when you retire, you see who your real people are. Yes. Yeah. Definitely see, no, see who your real people are when you retire. Yeah. yeah. And so I saw that and I was like, dang, you know, we were so close, you know, while I was serving and still to this day, they don't reach out to me, but. I gave, I have basically helped them promote, you know, so I'm like, yeah. man, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially this this day and age, it's a little different than when we were coming up in the ranks. That it's it's a more, lot more me generation than we generation, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, the, so did you got? You said you you almost committed suicide. You know, when you were talking about the MFN, that she really thought contemplated suicide upon getting out. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know, and this is I'm first time telling y'all. Um, well, publicly. I think I probably told one. My last attempt was November of 2022. That was my last attempt. Yeah. Um, So that was hard for me because it was the nobody reaching out, nobody saying, hey, are you okay? It was just like you're by yourself. And during that time, uh, the fentanyl crisis had happened and it hit my family hard. Really? Yeah. So Thanksgiving, I was in the ER with my son who overdosed on fentanyl. So I was with him for eight days in the hospital doing Thanksgiving. And that's when I needed the MFN family, you know, and all those people like, hey, guys, I'm going through this. Like, you know, what do I do? And uh, so that that was it. And I was just like, you know, what, dude, I'm just I'm tired of this. Like, I can't. This is why am I here? You know, and then I had to I had to go and get help in January of this year. And yeah, I've been good ever since. So that's great. That that's 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 really recent, and yeah. I can definitely understand your pain having your flesh and blood, you know, dealing dealing with his overdose in the hospital. I can't imagine that, man. Because you're hard. you're you're questioning yourself as a mom. Because I know I'd be questioning myself as a dad. Yeah. You know, you're 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 just like, what the hell is wrong with this world? Kind of thing. Like, yeah, is it going to get better, you know, or is it just going to get worse? And it seems like it's never going to stop, and it's just going to get worse. And there's no way out, right? Yeah, it was it was rough because it was like you're still trying to understand that transition. You're trying to figure out who you yeah. are. And also then you have been away from your child, you know, due to doing deployments or those late nights as a recruiter. Right. And then now you're finally home. And then to see them addicted to this stuff that's out there, you're like, what the heck? You know, is it was I not good enough? Was I not there? You know, so it yeah. did bring a lot of shame and guilt to me. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And it just got to a point I just attempted and thank god i didn't you know right nothing. yeah so it, yeah. it didn't happen thank god right yeah yeah, thank god it didn't happen. yeah right. but right. yeah what got you what got you okay with retiring and getting away from that lifestyle that you were so used to what um, did it for you? i think at the point where i wasn't feeling satisfied anymore it was i was working working but it was i wasn't i don't know was, I, I just wasn't happy anymore and i never thought that i would walk away from the military, um, unhappy, but I was seeing things, you know, when Vanessa again, that happened. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. That was one thing. And I was recruiting and I had, I was a recruiting commander for central Texas. So I ran. Oh, you're right there. You're right there. Yeah. So think about me and my team having to get sent home because we're getting protests and we're getting guns. You know, they're saying, Hey, there are people outside with guns and they want to kill you and all this stuff we were hearing. So we're like, what do we do? So when I heard some of the comments that were said by my own Air Force family, that's what made me want to go more to anything. And it was, you know, her, hey, you know, maybe she was screwing this guy or this guy or whatever. Maybe she deserved it. You know, those things. I'm like, are you guys that insensitive to not, you know, this this shouldn't happen. So it was the insensitivity, not just from my team or some of my teammates, but also from the soldiers from Fort Hood that I was that I was working with. It was horrible. So I don't I don't know what's up with Fort Hood. That Vanessa, that was god awful. And then it's it's like a it's like a pandemic over there. It's not the first thing or won't be the last thing that's happened over there. Dude, it's a, yeah. they got a trend of shit. And yeah. I don't know what's going on with that 
part of the army. I don't, I don't know if it's the army thing or it's just a Fort Hood thing, but that is that is crazy. There's a lot of crap that goes on in Fort Hood. Yeah, when you're over there. So, like, I went there and I had a, another girl who claimed sexual assault. So I had to go help her or whatever. But um, when I when you're there, it's like a dark dark cloud there. Like, you walk around the base and it feels so weird and scary and eerie. And then to walk around and know know that a lot of deaths aren't even told on the media. Like they had a guy that was dead behind a building. Yes. Yep. Nobody said it. Yeah, but it has not been told, you know, talked about. So it's just like how many deaths or weird deaths are occurring and nobody's talking about them. So I, I don't know how, because maybe because it's the army so damn big, because the army's huge. Mm-hmm. The army's huge, so they can hide a lot of things. I don't know why, but I know in the smaller forces, that wouldn't you would better hide that shit. Right. I, I don't understand how the army can, but yeah. It's un- it's very unfortunate these kids that happens to these kids, you know. I mean, really, they're kids, mm-hmm. and for them to, uh, you know, have so much promise left in their life and to, to die like that, so short, so and so horrible. Especially Vanessa. I mean, she died horribly, and that, that was really sad to see. Yeah. And and it's like everybody. She's like everybody. Every kid that you look at, like your own daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you you see Vanessa in your own kids. Yeah, they're so young. It had so much promise that I, I can't imagine being stationed there during that time. I can't even imagine that. I bet it yeah. was chaos. It was. It was. It was wild. So it, it it changed my thought. And then now this other death that just happened a few days ago in Fort Hood, you're just like, is this is this repeat? Like, what's when is gonna stop? When is gonna end? So yeah, it's wild. So with yeah. your advocacy, um, like, do you have a a, a a group or like a website or the type of foundation that you that you're doing to help uh, other people out. Whew. So we're gonna get to that point, right? <laughs> Definitely. Let's, let's yeah. talk about advocacy. Um, I yeah, well, I want you. What 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 sparked your interest in it though? Because you went from being a victim, right? Really, you were a victim to being like, hell no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a victim, and I'm gonna help other people that are victims. Yeah, so Lavina Johnson's story is what got me. Um, and I don't know if you know about her. She was killed in Iraq, and uh, mm-hmm. she was a black lady killed in Iraq. And they, um, she had her um, vag- uh, vaginal area was burned with acid, a gunshot to her head, and they said it was a suicide. So it, her, seeing her dad's story, seeing the documentary on that was kind of what sparked my advocacy. But I wasn't going to say anything yet. I still had that fear of speaking up. And then I think when Vanessa's story came out, actually a little bit before Vanessa's story, um, I just said, forget this. And I started doing, you know, podcasts and talking about a little bit more. And then when her story actually hit about what happened, that's when I started going crazy. And I was like, no, we got to stop this. So a lot of survivors were scared to speak up, but I'm not, I'm not, can't speak up. Like I have to, I have to say something. I can't just not be saying anything. So. Right. And then you just kind of, you kind of got like, screw this. I'm not, putting up with this shit no more i'm gonna yeah. say something yeah what? and then I'm, I, i've been with groups like when jay was talking about groups i've been with several groups and i will tell you um the last group i was with no names <laughs> right, right. we won't <laughs> we won't talk but, about them but we'll talk about the other one but we won't yeah, talk about because them. they put a this and this later on me honestly it got that bad um oh, wow. Yeah, so it got that bad because i basically told them that you're using me because i'm black because the victim was black and I said that I felt like they were trying to uh, profit off of her um, and they were doing things financially, you know, um, monetizing off of her death, whether it was selling shirts or whether it was 
you know, um, raising money supposedly for the family, whatever the case may be. The family was not being seen on the news. It was those advocates. So think about it. You're getting yeah. you know, money for that. Yeah. So when I blew up their spot and also when they were um, adding people into how do I put it? Adding people into the uh, investigation where they were saying, you know, I think this guy killed her or whatever. And they knew it wasn't true. Um, the reason why they said him, the guy, because he was black and they said, well, he's black. I don't like the way he looks, looks or whatever. And they were trying to pull pin the girl's death. Denisha Montgomery, they're trying to put pin her death on that guy. And it was it was a lie. It wasn't true. So when I just saw because, the dirtiness, just because they, they didn't like the way he looked, they didn't like the way he looked. He had the same last name uh, as the guy who was in, supposedly killed her. So it was it was a lot. It was so much drama with it. But I basically said I couldn't do this anymore. And when I stood up and said, look, you guys are fake. You guys are fraud. And I don't like how you're doing things. Then it's sis and desist. Like, you know, we're taking you to court. And I said, take me to court because I got evidence against you that you messaged me saying that this guy, you know, he's not a part of it, but you just don't like the way he looks. So it's, let me tell you, advocacy, it's hard to find a group because you have so many people who are monetizing and don't say anything prior to these deaths happening. And now you see how many Vanessa Gian's pages oh, and posts out there. Everywhere. And they're getting money. Yeah, everywhere. they're getting money. Yeah. So it's, it's I can't trust anybody. And everything, all that. Yeah. So I can't trust anybody. So I do stuff myself and people reach out to me and I connect them with whether um, like Survivors United is really good. The Pink Berets, they're they're probably the few I trust. But other than that, everybody else, I don't trust a lot of people. Right. So, no. Wow. I didn't I didn't realize I knew there were some fakes out there, but I didn't realize oh, yeah. they, would, they would sue you because you told them they were full of shit. Yeah. Try to, but they, they have nothing, so they can do all they want. Right, right, because you had proof. They showed their yes. hand. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they won't sue, but then their 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 credentials and everything like that, their credibility will be will be shot. So they definitely yeah. Not gonna, wow. yeah, yeah. So it's wild, but this this life, this advocacy thing, I'm telling you, it's it's not it's not for the. You have to be really really strong to do it. And Vanessa Guillen's sister. Even with her, I see some of the things she says where she's like, I need to take a break. We've done a podcast together. Um, I could tell when she needs to take a break. I can tell how she's struggling with it, too, yeah. and that people are trying to monetize off of her, too. So um, I love what she's doing. It's just we have some shitty people in this world. That's crazy. They'd make a, they'd try to make a buck off a of fallen soldier who was murdered. Yeah. That's... Selling T-shirts, all that stuff. Everything. But, they're the, but they're one of them sons of bitches be like, thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to try to make a buck off your death. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. That shit pisses me off. That's mm -hmm. like, that's, that's almost as bad as stolen valor. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But what, so what kind of stuff have you, um, so you talked about working with Vanessa's sister on a podcast. You did a podcast with her. Yeah. So I Do did a, a podcast called, we believe you, uh, SOS. And then I did a dayline NBC special, um, where they had, you know, Vanessa's family talk and then they had the victims they had like I think it was five or six of us victims we read our story and during that time I was active duty so they couldn't show my face they could just hear you know you hear my voice on there so uh -huh. I yeah I read my story I did a post um it was a post I wrote on Instagram and what's so crazy we had the hashtag I'm Vanessa again we had over like so many people and for some reason they found mine and was like look man just read your story on you know on Dayline NBC and then let's go from there and so that happened in army.mil. They contacted me. I did a story with them talking about survivors. 
Um, yeah, so it's it's been it's been wow. Going, yeah, you're out there. I'm out there, but I've been shutting up lately. So <laughs> you you've shutting up, or somebody's been shutting you up. Um, somebody's well, they that well, I say I've shut up because I'm um, working right now. Um, I'm getting my master's in social working, so I can help military survivors right now. So nice. I'm kind of focused on hitting all angles, out there advocating with my signs up, and then out there, you know, actually in you know behind the scenes too. So. So you're yeah. your social worker. So you plan on working for the VA or? Yeah, if, if possibly, um, or, you know, whatever, whatever organization we have that can help military, because I want to do pro bono counseling for, you know, all our victims and stuff. So I want to, I'm free of charge, like I'm here and just get them mental health help. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. That's very selfless because you know what? I ain't going to lie. When I retired, I wanted to get paid. <laughs> I'm just being real, you know. Uh, I got bills to pay, right? And yeah. For you, and for you to do that and go th- and and then get your get your uh, further your education, which is not free. I'm sure you might got some benefits from the VA mm-hmm. and from the military, but still, it takes a lot of time. But to do yeah. that pro bono, that's that's very upstanding. I, 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 yeah. I salute you. That's very good. Yeah. I'm gonna get paid somehow, but I'm about to <laughs> military part. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get paid, but not by the vets. <laughs> not by the vets. Yeah, not by the vets. I'm gonna get paid somehow, though. The other counseling, I'm gonna get paid. But yeah, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. What? What's uh? So I guess I guess I want to ask you what's been the most challenging part about retirement after 20 years, a lifetime of service, and then advocacy because it comes with advocacy. Like you already talked about the fakes that try to sue you. And you already mm-hmm. talked about the, all the fakes out there. What's been some of the challenges you've had to deal with? Um, I think challenges is not having boundaries. I think that's the biggest thing, not like taking time just to kind of, you know, outside of having all the fake people, I was still running around like with my head chopped off, trying to do, trying to be superwoman for everybody. And I think that's the challenge when you don't know how to sit down, you know, 20 years of service back to back to, you know, doing that. And I was, went right to corporate. I didn't take a break. I did yeah. not went straight to work. And then now I'm advocacy and stuff. So it just, the boundaries and actually that's what has been challenging. My mental health has been more challenging than anything. So. As a civilian, do you find it hard to find out what your barriers are? I know I do. Yes. What are those? Yeah. What are those? yeah. Cause you do have them in a the civilian world. They're there. It's you, a thing. You know what? like with with my boss I don't think she I have barriers with her because it's like she calls me every night to be like hey you need to do this and I'm like Kim that way till the morning so yeah I don't know it's I I, I mean where I work it seems like there are barriers because you know uh it's not you know I'm not I'm not a I'm not a senior chief anymore. You're, you're not a, what were your first, uh, what was your pay grade at retirement? Master Sergeant. Master Sergeant. You're not a Master Sergeant anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay, Jay's not an NC no more, freaking first class running shit, LPO. So when you're at those, holding those positions in the military, you pretty much got no boundaries. Right. As long as it's under the vision of getting the mission done. Yeah. You, you, can do what, you got free reign, right? Yeah, it seems, it's, I feel I feel some boundaries sometimes, and that's okay. I'm okay with boundaries. You know what? It's liberating because I mean, I ain't got to worry about it. it. Ain't my problem. Yeah, I, I like it. Ain't my problem sometimes because I never had that for 26 years. I never had it. Wasn't mm. my because everything was my damn problem. It seemed like. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that. I, I, I'm I'm I get 
emails, text messages, everything. Um, I get I get it all the time. At like three o'clock in the morning, my the CFO will will text me and say something about something at three o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. So mm-hmm. I don't have any, I don't I don't have that that type of thing because I'm in I'm the HR manager. So I'm the HR manager, and then I have like other jobs that I do. With oh, you're department. like a, so you're like equivalent to a department head then. Yeah, I am the department because I'm I'm in charge yeah, of admin. Yeah, yeah. So I'm in charge of admin. I'm in charge yeah. of the IT department. I'm in charge of the facilities department, the vehicles department. I'm in charge of all those departments. So I'm always getting called. Like I, I took a mental health day today. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, we had an incident yesterday, and after the incident happened, I used to have a really bad attitude. Like a huge attitude problem, everything like that. I was the definition of the angry black man. So yesterday, some things happened, and I turned back into the old me. And I didn't like the what I what I saw in the mirror. So I had to take a day. I had to go talk to my therapist. I had to take a day for me to get my mental right because I couldn't even sleep last night because mm-hmm. I felt like I failed myself. So there's 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 a there, there, with my job, there's there is no boundary. You know what I mean? There is no no okay. Well, we see that they're having problems and with everything like that, and and then we're going to try to help them. At least the upper part of my uh, of of the company doesn't really mm-hmm. think about that. So I had to actually like talk to them and tell them like, listen, the way that I handled this situation as an HR manager, I should have handled it different. Right. It doesn't matter if the person cussed me out or not. I should have still handled it different. The person cussed me out. The person cussed me out. They cussed me out pretty damn good. Like, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I didn't even do anything to her. It was just like I was that trigger. Like I just asked her a question and then it just snapped off. And I'm just like, okay, I like what what, what did I do? Wow. I, I like I had to actually leave and take a uh a, take a drive. Like I can't. My mental is in I have PTSD, I have uh I'm depression, bipolar, all that stuff like that. I've have tried, you know, suicide, all those things like that. Um I guess they, they say we're suicide survivors, but I don't really like that term. But right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really I hate that term. But um they're different, but it's just like my, my buddy is saying, maybe it's the culture of the company. So maybe it is the culture of that company that you work at that that your your boss will be like, hey, such and such after you get off. Mm-hmm. So, but th- I think I think they think that since we were military, that we were that we're used to it, and that we that's where they hired us. Like, okay, they're used to to working late. They're used to this. They're mm-hmm. used to that. So we're still gonna go ahead and 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 do those things because we know that they're gonna do whatever they can do to make things happen. Yeah, but and that's right. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I totally agree. I get, it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And I was a national recruiter. I was so for my company, I was a national recruiter. I would travel down different bases. I would do career events, those things. Like I did all that stuff. And I ran the whole um, veteran hiring initiative. So, I mean, it was a lot on my plate. And then now they told us, okay, well, thank you for your service, but we're no longer doing the veteran hiring initiatives. So now, Guess where I'm at? I don't. I gotta find something else now. Wow. Because they're they're letting go of the diversity in our in our company diversity section. Wow. Wow. That's, an, that's another topic. I get. I get. I get. I guess what I'm saying is that like my job is I look at drawings. Right. Where I work for electric uh, a contractor, and I look at job. I look at drawings from an engineer, 
and I found so many mistakes with them. And I'm, you know, I was an electronics tech in the Navy, so I know how to do control ends. They're a little different, but it, the idea is the same. So I look at them and I see all these issues. And one or two issues, you like, everybody's human, people make mistakes, and I'm okay with that. When you start seeing 30, 40, 50, you're like, the old Heath, the senior chief Heath would call that dude up be like, hey, you dumb SOB, what is your <laughs> effing problem? But the civilian Heath is like, uh, I'll put a request for information in. You know, I'll put, oh, I see this. Oh, nice. And respectfully request, you know, you do this. You know, instead of like, hey, you MF or SOB, do this. I'm, I, I, I've totally gone to the right. So I've gone from I, one extreme to the other. So how, and, how hard was it for both of you to not be into that 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 leadership role and well, I don't know how they do it in the Air Force. I heard it's pretty laid back. Y'all don't need to be cussing people out and things like that. Now, y'all but, can cuss in the Air Force. I don't want to share. I didn't even know y'all can. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so, <Yes>. so <laughs> the, uh, on the civilian side, how hard is it for you to not to actually hold your tongue and not say certain things that you know you want to say? Like you know you have that lazy person and be like, you are incompetent as hell. You, we need to fire your ass because you are like super incompetent. You don't know what the hell you're doing, but you don't do that. So how hard is it for both of you? This question is for both of you. How hard is it for you to actually hold your tongue and not say the things that you know you want to say? Ooh, it's hard. It's tough. Um, but I always think, well, if I say something, I'm going to lose my job. So let me not say anything. But then it gets me back in that mindset. Like, I'm not speaking up for what's wrong. You know what I mean? So it just, right. it was... I felt like I was fake. So I was not happy there and I'm not happy there now, which is why I'm, I'm departing soon. But you just feel unhappy. For me, I just I just I just can't do it anymore. You know, uh it's it, it takes a little bit there's a few people I wanted to be like, what the hell is your deal, right? <laughs> but but then again, I'm making two house payments because I'm trying to sell my house, other house I don't live in, so I need the job. So I'm making two <laughs> mortgage payments. So I think about that. And then you, you're like, well, what do I really have to worry about? You know, I put myself in that mind frame. Is he's he or she is not really my problem. Mm-hmm. I can always ignore them and do me. And after you know being in leadership for twenty plus years, that's kind of it's almost liberating <laughs> that that I don't have to deal with. It. It's not my problem. You know, I know that's a, a chicken shit way of thinking it, but the it fits it fits my what I need right now. As far mm-hmm. as keeping the job I got, which I love my job. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. It's a, I, I get up motivated to go to work every morning. But there's, there's always times, right? You're like, God, what is this dude? Is, I mean, if, if he was working for me in the military, I would have his ass or her ass, <laughs> right? Yeah. It would be chopped liver. But then again, I can be like, well, you know what? They don't work for me. I don't really work that much with them. So what's, yeah. it doesn't really affect me. And that's kind of almost like a chicken shit way out. But you know what? I guess I'm a chicken shit because I'm okay with it for right now. Not really. But, it's not really a chicken shit way out. But what basically what it is is I uh, I had this conversation yesterday. Um, people were like, "Oh, you in the military? You seem like you're fit. You know, you probably go out there and run, do all this other stuff like that." What we did in the military, we don't want to do when we get out. I have right. not worked. I have not worked out. Went to the gym. Did any of that stuff <laughs> because I said I'm giving myself a whole year. I spent 26 years in the military, Marines and Navy. 26 years in the military doing having mm-hmm. to do these things all the time. I have mm-hmm. to go to PT. I have to go and, and, and make sure my I'm good to go with the weight centers, all the stuff like that. Right now, I eat cookies. I eat cookies for dinner. 
know yep. what I'm saying? So just because yeah. I know I can do it, but and how the, the transition from doing that, like it's it's a hard transition. So how do you all deal with that type of transition of don't worry about it because it's really technically not my problem. Because I'm okay with don't work it. I'm okay it. with it. I'm okay with it, honestly. Yeah. But see, it's my problem because for me, everybody I encounter, they can stop me from producing like I'm supposed to. So if I have a shop that I need, so if I'm over better and they gave me what a goal of 150, each shop I have to talk to them and say, hey, I have a veteran that's from Fort Campbell that wants to work in your shop in San Antonio. And if the guy says if the general manager does not answer me and that's the problem I'm having because they don't never answer the phone, they don't answer text Uh. messages. So now we keep on missing our goal just because they don't answer the phone or they don't want anybody who's military or they don't think that really it's cool to hire veterans, whatever their mindset is. So it is, everything affects me. Like I try to be the same way like you, like whatever. But when I'm, my boss is talking to me and saying, hey, if you don't get this many people in, we're going to have to reevaluate some things. Now you're like, okay. Well, I that's totally different. That's, yeah. that's totally different. Yeah. you yeah. Your livelihood is is dependent on that asshole answering the damn phone. Yeah. And I have to be you know? nice to him and I can't say anything. So sometimes I want to be like, screw you, dude. Like either you like, but <laughs> I have to rely on them. And even though I'm the program manager of that program, I still have to rely on those guys. So it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance, right? It sucks. You gotta but... be firm. You can't you can't be a total bitch or asshole. Or they're gonna be like, God, fuck her. I'm not even dealing with her, right? Yeah. You know? so, and I think that's where they are because I just like, yeah. you know what, screw you. But hey, I'm out anyway, so I don't care. Two more weeks, right. I'll be done. So right. No, I can you got a whole different that's totally different, right? That's like like my my interaction with these people don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. My interaction does if I don't if I say nothing to them or say many things to them, the results are the same. It don't matter. Yeah, I work for a small company, so everybody knows everybody. Yeah, so mm-hmm. everybody in the company knows me. I came in as HR, like that's what the, they never had HR before I got there. So I'm changing wow. the culture. So I'm changing the culture of the place. Do I want to change the culture of the place? Hell no, I don't want to change the culture of the place. But I can't see someone actually. So we have a member of the staff that is he's an asshole, like and everybody mm-hmm. hates him. And he yells at people, he makes people cry, things like that. So I have to step in and be like, hey, dude, listen, you can't send that email or you can't say those things out loud. Like he'll say, oh, I feel like killing somebody today. Dude, you can't say that shit. Like you, like, uh, uh, so I have to have that care attitude. Yeah. Do I want that care? Do I want to have that care attitude? Hell no, I don't want to have that care attitude. I want want a job where I can just be like, screw it. Yeah. So, like, what? Like, like, Ms. Keys, what made you actually choose this job, knowing that you would have to have that type of interaction with people? So it, I love recruiting. And so that's what got me into it. I was like recruiting and then I can recruit veterans and help veterans find jobs. That's what got me into it. But when I got there, it was totally opposite of what I thought it was. It was so unorganized. Um, it's more med- uh, military ready and not military friendly. So a lot, a lot of those people are um, not military ready, but um, military friendly. So a lot of those people are like, oh, yeah, we love the military. We are here for you, but they don't want to hire us, you know. So it was just like what they kind of sold me a dream, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So that's what got me into it. And, you know, now I'm just like, what did I just do? Let me do something else. So Right. No, I went when I got this job, I went I got it via um, a veterans career fair. Mm hmm. Uh, put out, put on, 
by DAV is the name of the company, yeah. uh, veterans company. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I use them for my VA disability. Right. Great company. <laughs> I thought a great organization. Uh, I'm not trying to promote them, but that's who I use. Right. But I went there and I thought they were, I thought they were great. I thought the, mm -hmm. the, the fair was great. It was very organized. There was tons of people there, tons of jobs there. And I tell you what I did. I did four interviews with the ones I picked, right? The ones I wanted to do interview with. And I got four job offers. Mm. So it was super organized. And at least the people there, that was in Pittsburgh. At least the people there, they were motivated to hire veterans. I know. Mm -hmm. So that, that was good. So there is some hope out there. There is. Yeah. yeah. But ma majority of it, when I heard, I hear, I hate this thing because I started the skill bridge program in our company. I hate hearing, oh, we're going to try before we buy. I hate that freaking comment with a passion. Skillbridge is not trying that trying to hire or trying to see how veterans work and then seeing if they want them. Like I, I hate it. Yeah. And I feel like they also use it for uh tax, you know, Hey, every veteran I hire, I get about 1300 bucks, you know? So it's, it's like all those things that people aren't hiring veterans for the right reason. And when I got right. there, got promoted within 60 days, it was a battle. Like they hated me because they're like, how did she get promoted? And we've been here, you know, this minute. Yeah. So it, oh, they hated, that, they hated yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that reminds me like in the Navy when you're like the, when you're like uh make chief, all the first guys to stab you in the back. Or not even get, not even make chief, get ranked good. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the Navy is different. Like in the Marine, yeah, it's man. different than what the Navy was. Like I came to the Navy and I was like, eh, I don't stab <laughs> people in the back just to get ahead. I was like, ah, that's, that's not, that's not cool at all. But okay. Because the Marines are too busy eating crayons to know what's going on. I mean, <laughs> ah, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing on this podcast. Okay. Right, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. JK, JK. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Miss Key, so when are you going to write a book? Everybody's been asking me that. I'm like, I don't even know how to read. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I just want to. God, yeah, you're in the Air Force. I know you know how to read. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, they read for us. I don't have to read. We have computers that read for us. Wait, wait, right quick. No, right quick. Before you answer the book, before you, because I got to get some Air Force stuff out here. I got, I got to, because it's, it's misconception. I don't know if it's misconceptions. I don't know if it's rumors, whatever, like that. Do y'all ride bikes for PT in the Air Force? We used to. The I Navy think we stopped. Navy does. Yeah, we stopped yeah. doing. We stopped riding bikes. I think like in 20, 2007 or eight. Yeah, but Navy still does. Yeah, we do. But we, we, I'm talking about like yours was like all the time. Like y'all didn't actually go out there and run. So there was a rumor out there that y'all didn't run at all. That's why they called the chair force because y'all never did. Y'all like didn't do anything. No, we mostly ran. Um, that was just a rumor. The bike was only for those who were injured and things like that. So no, we we ran. Yeah, that okay, was just a rumor. I, I got I got something to put out about the <laughs> Oh God. Okay. Oh. Picture it. Picture it. A young a young Louisiana boy. 1995, going to Lackland Air Force Base to pick up his cousin. I was about 18. I wasn't that young. Uh, he was going through Marine MP school at Lackland. So I was there for a couple of days before he graduated. And so I go eat at the Burger King on base on Lackland. And there is that's where boot camp is, correct? Mm -hmm. I seen the boot camp walking around, and they're talking in ranks. And I heard the drill sergeant go, can y'all be quiet, please? No, that's bull. <laughs> <laughs> And then a couple hours later, I'm eating dinner in boot camp. And guess who's in there? The recruits are in there eating Burger King. What? I shit you not. 
That's what I saw. Hey, she didn't. She didn't say that wasn't true. She didn't say that part wasn't true. She might have said the please thing, but that part right there, she's like, <laughs> just saying. And that's now, right before I joined the Navy, so I was like, oh, we eat at Burger King in the in boot camp. So yeah, so I went. I came in in two thousand and two, and we had a time where we went to Burger. But I think we were. It was like a when we're about to graduate, we do we go to Burger King. So it's not unsat. Like, yeah, it's just it's before <laughs> right before graduation. Right, what are you talking about? Right before graduation in the Marine Corps, we was able to walk around the uh, the base and we got subway. Yeah, so <laughs> I, came in, like, I came in in '96. So I came yeah. in in '95, and we didn't eat that shit. We had that stupid galley food that tastes like ass. No, oh, yeah, only time when we graduate that's when we get to go, like our last day. But no, not in a well, he back in '95. Maybe it was our last day. So what are we talking about? They had Burger King, shit, mate. Don't lie to me. Don't be lying. I'm just saying, y'all was tapping on rocks and stuff like that. So let's get back to the book. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Let's get back to the book. Miss yes. Key, talk about to... the book. When's it come? Are you gonna write a book? I want to. Right now, I'm working on it. I'm honestly, but I cannot find anybody. I was gonna find somebody to help me publish it, but she, I haven't heard from her. So, um, yeah, I want to write one. I definitely am going to. So everybody's been asking me, so I know I have to. But <laughs> I want to do an actual documentary. That's what I want. Um, that's what I've really been trying right. to get done is do a documentary. So. We'll look, look into uh, a company called Book Baby. I don't know if you've looked into Book Baby yet. I've heard of, okay, so I messaged Book Baby. I've heard about them before. And they told me that they wanted to wait or some something they gave me. They're going through some changes or whatever. And that okay, was back okay. in, yeah. So I don't know if they, it's, it was a, like okay. a dry, they seem kind of dry. Really? Because so they, they did a buddy of mine's book uh he was a, a la gang member that went ma made master chief in the navy e oh yeah yeah uh, essay to master jefe and yeah. and it was a good book and they did they did his it's stuff book. it's a and, good book yeah, yeah they did his stuff yeah it's a very good yeah. book he has a so has i don't a, i don't know maybe they're book. going yeah maybe they're going through some shit i don't know so yeah but that was a couple years ago so yeah, I think it was 2021 when I reached out to them. So, and they yeah. did another uh, young ladies who, who talks about MST. So I'm I'm gonna I'll probably reach out to them. But I've heard I've been recommended them a few times. So okay, we'll okay, see. So you know about them? Yeah. No, I'd like to we'll hear see. it. I, I definitely I definitely buy it for sure, 100. Uh, percent If you put be, out a book, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I definitely want to do a documentary. So I definitely yeah. do a documentary. Definitely about your just life from from a kid to throughout the military and and, and everything. Yeah, so I want to do two. So one documentary is like my memoir. It talks about me or whatever you know my story. But then I want to do with multiple survivors coming together and tell, sharing their story and how they overcome That's it. Cool. So we don't have that. I mean, I kind of want no. like a surviving R. Kelly thing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar to that. But okay. not that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we, we're not going to be peed on. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No urine involved. <laughs> no, no urine. No urine. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that way. Yeah, but every time I think of R. Kelly, I think of that Dave Chappelle skit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing in the world. So that's He's always peeing on people. Yeah, yeah. But I want to do something like that where it has yeah. all the victims survivors coming together and just speaking speaking their truth and so i would love to do that i'm trying right. to see um i talked to some guys in la um i'm gonna see what i'm gonna go from there we'll, we'll yeah made it hard good. 
See, so we got yeah. her on the podcast before she became like super big, and we could keep on playing this podcast over and over again. When over she and over big. again. Yeah, they, hey, <laughs> you're speaking it. So if you, hey, and now I'm, and that's what's so crazy. That's why I was like, maybe this, maybe me uh, leaving this job was like a sign because I feel like um, that it's allowing me to like actually go after what I want to do, and that's mm-hmm. you know, yeah, do the book and the documentary. So yeah, we'll see. So what's your goal? What is your ultimate goal as a, as a advocate, as a vet, as a, basically as, as like the voice of of advocation? What, what is your, what is your goal? So my biggest goal since I started talking in 2019 was to be an international speaker. That is my biggest goal and have a platform where, um, a panel of survivors that speak and we talk about it and we make changes in the world. So that's my biggest goal to have a team where we're actually working together and doing the, and going to these bases and, you know, Hey, let's open investigation. Let's do this. Like, I want that. I want to have a team of survivors coming in together and speaking and going all over the place. And then also um, I really have been hoping that I get some land and have my own um, MST military sexual trauma, um, kind of like a gym, a wellness center, if you say wellness center. So that's what I want. Those are my two biggest goals. So somewhere out in the country. Yeah. Somewhere out in the country where we can ride horses and have bonfires and, you know, out there in Tejas. I, you know what? I don't know. I went to Virginia. So I went to Virginia in January, Boulder Crest and something about that area in Virginia in the mountains. It's beautiful. It like it did something to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just, yeah. So, I yeah, went I there for in, six days. Yeah. yeah I live in life. Western PA and it's beautiful. I love it's the same thing, yeah. you know, it's mountains and hills. It's, it's, it's very therapeutic for sure. Yeah. So I want to do that. I want something in the nature. I don't know about Texas. Texas is getting a little crazy out here, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I paid the last person 20, it was 2000, almost 2000 a month and nothing came out of it. Oh, wow. Really? That's yes. Wow. And so I'm scared to talk to people about helping me out. And she stole my mental health ideas, told me she never understood the mental health thing until she made, you know, met me. And then now she's promoting mental health and all the stuff that I told her I wanted to do. She's using all my stuff and putting on her platform. That's bullshit. So I'm very scared. Trademark trademark that shit. Of of mentors. I'm scared of that word. I hear you. I hear you. No, no. uh, We'll talk after this. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Golly, you have overcome a lot of crappy stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. And you're still here. You're still here smiling by the grace right. of God, that's you know. The, man. That's the that's the thing though. Like I see her on the on Instagram and she's still smiling. I think about all the things that she has, has gone through. And she's I would still never, sitting there and she's smiling at. Yeah. If it didn't have if it had advocate on the top of your Instagram, I never would have known because you seem like you you seem like you like you got it all together. And what you do, you have it together, but it's not without trial and error, right? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You can get through it. That's the thing. Even though my last attempt was November, like I'm still like, okay, I'm failing because I'm here. There's a reason why I'm here. Like I cannot stop. I can't quit. I have a story. I got to get yeah. out there. So I always say like God has a purpose for me and I can't yeah. and I, I got to go after it. So Definitely. And I'm almost scared to ask this question, but how is your Uh-oh. boy doing? How's your boy doing? So he's in, um, he, man, we had another scare. Um, after yeah. November, he went back on there, out there again. And it was 
bad this time. So now he's in Florida um, getting help again. So, um, which is good because they help with uh, military, um, you know, dependents. So okay. he's going to be out there for a few months. And I hope he, I hope it's a wake up call. Like I can't, I'm like, dude. How, how old is your boy? He's 19. He's Mommy supposed to be off me. in college. Yeah, he's 19. And yeah. he was supposed you know, to be uh, you're doing, you're, playing ball. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're doing okay. everything you can. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you're doing everything you can. That's all you can do is uh, yeah. be there for him. And, and you're doing it. So that's all you can. That's all you can. That's all I could ask of my mom, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's boundaries you have as a parent. It, I've just, I told him I, at first I was like, okay, you can stay here. Like I was helping him out. And I got to a point where I'm like, look, either you're going to get clean or you're not staying with me. And he chose to stay on the yeah. streets, but it was you. I mean, it's scary, but you have to put those boundaries down because guess what? If you don't put those boundaries down or if you don't give them the option to, to get clean, all you're doing is enable them to continue, you know? So, and then you, yeah, you're right. And then you get brought down with him. Yeah, and I did that. When that attempt was after him, after seeing him in the hospital, I was like, yeah. I can't. I'm Why? Like, yeah, so I had to take. I was gone for six days in a uh, mental health place in uh, Virginia to get the help I needed because I was at the. I was like, if I don't get help right now, I'm gonna have another attempt, and this time I'm yeah. gonna make sure that I don't. <laughs> I don't wake up like I'm. There ain't no. There ain't the nobody. Back. There ain't nobody gonna stop me this time. Yeah, yeah. That's so it. yeah, it was at the point. Yeah, so. Yeah, getting help is good now. I'm good. Good, good. I'm so glad to hear that. And and God, prayers for your boy. I yes. hope everything works out good. Yeah. Definitely, hundred percent. But thanks, thanks again for joining us. We're going to close out. But if you could, Miss Keys, just hang out for a second. I'd like to talk to you after we close out. Awesome. Thank you guys Real for quick. having me. So yes, ma'am. Thank you. So basically, at the end of every show, we put you on solo and oh, yeah. put out what you want people to know. It doesn't matter. What it is, something that that you want people to remember you for, or some advice that you have for people, any anything, it, 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 the stage is yours. Don't be on solo by yourself. You get, you're on the spot, so let's go. Okay, I gotta do it now. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I want to advise you, hey, regardless of what your trauma, regardless of what you've been through, you're here for a reason. Keep on fighting. Use your trauma as your testimony to help others, and don't give up on yourself. So follow me, Miss Keys, on Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> that was great. There we go. There we go. Well, it was like like he said. We're we're happy that you were on the show. Um, we're definitely going to be following you and promoting your stuff and pushing. When you put something out, you're going to see us uh, push it out. Also, we're not a huge platform, but we're definitely have some people out there that know some things and can help out. And when it comes to mental health, I'm huge on mental health. Mental yes. health. Is, is, a, is a very, very big thing to me because of the things that I have going on. So if, uh, if you need anything, you need somebody to talk about their mental health as a, as a, as a black male because we don't do that at all. Yeah, <laughs> so if you need somebody so to, to, to talk are so about you're so proud. Yeah, we are. We are, we are very, <laughs> yeah. very proud. Like I, yeah. the, the thing that happened to me yesterday, I had to tell my job, like, listen, I need this time because I found mm. myself um going down a path yesterday i saw mm -hmm. i saw it happening i saw it i saw that i was that something was going to happen if i if i would have gone back to work today so i had to take my mental health day so yeah us as black men we need to we definitely need to um learn how to one say i love you to your to your people and number two how to help your mental yeah yes. because when when adult black men do it then 
young black men, yep. kids will be okay to do it. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. what my son's going through, mental health. He's like, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of feeling. He doesn't know how to. Because yeah. what we do, we grew up in church and say, go pray it away. It'll, it'll go. It'll work out. And that's what? the same. <laughs> every time. That's, every time. That's big in Southerners, period, no matter what yep. race you are. Yes. You know? I yes. mean, my God. My dad was the hardest SOB I knew. <laughs> and he was white as hell, but he was hard. He never talked yeah. about his feelings. Never talked about mm -hmm. the feelings. No. Yep. He never talked about no feelings. I, I remember, I think I saw him cry once. It was a little bit at his mom's funeral. And mm -hmm. it wasn't much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like Good talks. Said, I oh, love yeah. this. Yeah, like we said, uh thank thank you so much for coming on. Um, you want to sit back in the background so when he can uh, have that conversation afterwards. We really appreciate it. Awesome. I'm here. All right. All right. So we remove. So thank you. All right, thanks. Yeah. Wow, so, dude. That was awesome, bro. Yeah. See, I told you it was going to be a good thing. I told that you. was awesome, man. She killed it, dude. She has gone through a lot of stuff, and she's coming out on top. And I like to, I like to see that, man. Yeah. And she's a vet, so that vet power, baby. Yep. And she's an MFN survivor. And she. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And she's super <laughs> humble. And great, man. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Good. I liked it, man. And uh, dude, that was great. Good call, bro. Great guest. I, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to talk to her about, offline about a couple of things. I think it might help her out. But, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll know, you'll agree with me, I think. Hey, I'm good. So, uh, we'll see y'all next month. Um, we don't know who our guest is going to be yet. It might, we might not even have a guest. You know what I'm saying? We might just sit back and talk, just talk trash. We might, we might just do that. Also, I'm going to go ahead and plug, plug my podcast. I'm going to go ahead and plug my new podcast coming out next Thursday. It's called uh, Game Recognized Game. It's a relationship podcast. Uh, it's going to be talk. It's going to basically be talking about um, the real and dating military women, dating military men, uh, online dating. Our next topic is online dating. That's what our next topic is. So we're going to talk about online dating with being in the military, online dating, being out of the military, still having that military mind state, all those things like that. That's our uh, our next uh, uh, our first topic. So I have a civilian that's coming on. She's uh, she I've, I've known her since high school. She's going to be talking about uh, things. My homeboy uh, uh, Rich, he's on here right now. He's listening. He's a he's a co-host on this on this thing. Um, we're just gonna be talking about the real and rich is real. Rich is real, like that. That's the realest dude that I know. He's uh we've known each other since Africa. We was in Africa together in 2007, I think it was. But me and him, I'm saying we were cool. So and rich is real. So if you listen to the podcast, Rich is gonna tell the truth. He's not gonna hold anything back, and he's retired Navy too. So he is definitely going to <laughs> he's gonna speak his mind. And when Rich speaks his mind, Rich speaks his mind. <laughs> so look out for that. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to get it on TikTok at the same time, all that stuff like that. So look out for us. It's called Game Recognized Game. <laughs> we'll see y'all next next week on my podcast. We'll see y'all next month. Okay. Have a nice night. Be blessed. We're out.